You may have picked up the theme of our message today in the music that we sang. All these uh, faith is the victory and all these battle cry songs play right along with our theme today in the subject matter, which is the man we know as Caleb. So I invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me, the Old Testament, to the book of Numbers, where you don't often go, to Numbers 13. Give a little bit of setting here. The Jews had come up out of Egypt, had been delivered with the the plagues, and then crossing the Red Sea, had made their way then to Mount Sinai, and then had moved in the direction of the Promised Land. And now they were at the verge of going in. And uh, we find in chapter 13 then that the Lord speaks to Moses. So this is under the direction of the Lord. And he says, I want you to send men to spy out the land of Canaan, verse 1, which I am giving to the people of the Israel. And from each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a chief among them. And so what they, do, what they have then following in this passage is a listing of the twelve men who then were to be sent in and spy out the land. This was a promise. God had already promised the land to them. And he and so the question might arise, why did the Lord want to send in the spies? I mean, why they just go and take it. I mean, it's God had promised it to them. Well, I think it's for the reason that follows. They go in and they spend then 40 days. In verse 25, we read this. At the end of 40 days, they return from spying out the land. And among them, from verse 8, was Caleb, son of Jephunneh. So Caleb was one of these spies, one from each tribe. And they returned after 40 days exploring the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Haran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, We came to the land which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And beside, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of Negev. And the Hittites, and the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell in the sea and among the Jordan. And so, they come back and they give this report. And they said, on the one hand... Boy, it is wonderful. They've got great fruit and, and 
It's a land flowing with milk and honey as God promised. And on the other hand, they got monsters and huge fortified cities. So what's the upshot? Well, you know this story. You've been to Sunday school or you've read this before. They came back and they said, "Uh, these people are big. But we want to turn our attention to Caleb in the matter of faith. Caleb quieted the people before Moses, verse 30, and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. And then the men who had gone with him said, We are not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we are. And so they brought the, they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying, the land through which we have spied out is the land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it of a great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak who come from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. We come to our first lesson. How we see ourselves impacts how we live. The people said, notice it wasn't, we seem like grasshoppers to them. It says, we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers. We saw ourselves in comparison to them, and we saw ourselves like grasshoppers. They're giants, we're just grasshoppers. You know, a giant could just come over and step on a grasshopper and squish it. And that's how we saw ourselves in their eyes. And by the way, then they saw us that way too. How we see ourselves impacts how we live. Notice what Caleb said in contrast to these other spies. Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. You go, what was going on in the the thought? Why, Why would Caleb say that? And not the others. What we have here is a group of people who have come on a journey. They were slaves in Egypt. And what did they see? The mighty hand of God wreak havoc on the Egyptians with the plagues time and time and time again. They stood protected. The people were obliterated eventually. Then they crossed the Red Sea and escaped the armies of Pharaoh. God had led them with a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day, led them to Mount Sinai, given them the law. They had gone up until this point and defeated nation after nation they had come against And now when they're about to go into the land that God had promised, 
they go, we're like grasshoppers in our eyes. So what was the response? Chapter 14. The congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept that night. They listened to the report of the majorities of the spies and not to Caleb. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt. Let's stop for a minute. We know they're exaggerating, right? Did they really want to have died in Egypt? No. Was it pleasant in Egypt? No. They had complained and complained and complained to God because God, we're down here suffering and you don't seem to care. And then when he delivered them, now they're saying, oh, if we could only have gone back and if we had died in Egypt. Or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would not it have been better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. This, at this point, the Lord is ready to uh, just wipe them all out. Moses petitions on their half, on behalf. But what they were missing out on was the encouragement that Caleb was giving them. Caleb had uh, said, oh, let's, let's don't waste any time. Let's, let's gear up and go. Let's do this. We come to the second point. Trusting in the Lord conquers fear. Were they, would they have something to be fearful of? Yes, they got fortified cities. They have giants in the land. And what did they need? Moses needed to petition the Lord not to destroy the people and the Lord then in verses 20 and following promises not to part what to not to destroy them but to pardon them according to the petition of Moses and Aaron verse 20 says and I have pardoned according to your word but truly as I live and as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord none of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt in the wilderness Yet have put me to the test these ten times, have not obeyed my voice. And I gave you a list there of the ten times that they had uh, responded negatively to the leading of the Lord while they were in the wilderness, culminating with this rejection of the message of Caleb and accepting the message of the other spies who gave a bad report. 
Remember we read as a few moments ago that the whole congregation said, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt or had died in the wilderness. Why is the Lord taking this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. And the Lord addresses that in verse 28 and following. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, what you have said in my hearing, I will do for you. You said it out loud, I'm going to do exactly what you asked for. Your dead body shall fall in this wilderness, and all of your number listed in the census from 20 years old and upward who have grumbled against me, Not one of them shall come into the land where I swore that I would make you dwell, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. But your little ones, who you said would become prey, I will bring them in, and they will know the land that you have rejected. So God took the very words that they had uttered against him and said, I'll do what you requested. Oh, that you had died in the wilderness? You will die in the wilderness. And you are afraid for your kids? No, I'm going to watch over them and protect them. And I'm going to use them and take them into the land. And they will have what you will never have. Borrowing from Psalm 73, verse 4, we come up with our third point. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. They desired something that wasn't of the Lord and they got it. But Caleb had said, Oh, I want I want to go in. I, I know the Lord will watch over but look at what it says in verse 24. In 14:24. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land in which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. Oh, that we would have a spirit like Caleb. A different spirit from the false uh, witnesses. What was this different spirit that Caleb possessed? Well, it was one that followed the Lord. That's one of the things he says. He says, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully. Where Where do you want me to go, Lord? I'll go there. We're going to take the land. Let's go now. Let's do it. Lord, you promised us the land. We're at the border. We've examined it. It is just like what you said. Let's go take it. What about the giants? What about the fortified cities? Oh, it doesn't matter. Let's go. Why? The Lord is with us. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. 
the Lord wasn't done with his proclamations about what would happen. Verses 34 and following, we read, According to the number of days in which you spied out the land, forty days, a year for each day you shall bear your iniquity, forty years, and you shall know my displeasure. Now, he wasn't talking to the spies here. He was talking to the people. All the people who had joined in grumbling and complaining against God. He says, for every day that the spies were in the land, you get a year in the wilderness. I, the Lord, have spoken. Surely this will, I will do to all this wicked congregation who are gathered together against me in this wilderness. They shall come to full end, and there they shall die. Now the spies who gave a bad report didn't get to go on that journey. We see what happened to them. The men whom Moses sent to spy out the land, who returned and made all the congregation grumble against him by bringing up a bad report about the land, the men who brought up a bad report of the land died by a plague before the Lord. Right now. You go, wow. All those years, walking around in the wilderness for 40 years, all those over 20 dying off. Why? Because they didn't trust the Lord. They didn't trust the Lord. Going back to chapter 14 for a minute, I want you to hear what um, Caleb had to say before this judgment came down. In, four, in chapter 14, in verse 7, we read, well, let's back up to 6. Joshua the son of Nun, Caleb the Chet, the son of Jethunah, who were among those who spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to the congregation of the people of Israel, and this they heard and they rejected. Listen to what he said. The land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delights in us, which is what the Lord wanted to do, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And the response of the congregation was to pick up stones and stone them to death. We don't often quote this portion of God's words. 
If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us to this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they are bread for us. (laughs) They are our substance. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Don't fear them. Wow. Wow. So we know what happened in the history books here is written. What transpires. In fact, it's really a sad case in the rest of chapter 14. For the people said, we've changed our mind now. We've changed our mind. After God pronounced judgment on them, we'll go and take the land. And God says, well, I'm not in that. And they got wiped out. They got defeated right then. Let's fast forward for 40 years. Everyone is passing away. The only seniors in the group now are Moses and Joshua and Caleb. Moses, because of previous sin, was not going to go into the land and the leadership was going to be turned over to Joshua and we would see then in the book of Joshua that they would go in finally into the land. How do they do it? Begin by going across the sea at flood time and uh, the Jordan River and they cross the Jordan River and then they approach Jericho. Now remember, one of the things that the spies who had given a bad report said was their cities are great and fortified. What are we going to do? And then we all know about the story of Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, right? And how was the how was the city destroyed? God took down those mighty walls. They were so concerned about what they saw, they couldn't believe that God would give them the victory. But that's the way that faith works, doesn't it? Faith works when it takes God at his word, even if we can't figure it out. We don't understand it, maybe. We don't know how it could possibly happen. But over and over again in Scripture, we've seen that when we take God at his word, he can give the victory. But we're talking about Caleb, this one man who has said these mighty words, now has outlived all his contemporaries, and all this left is Joshua and Caleb as they go into the land. They go to conquer the land and it takes some years to bring about victories. And we we rejoin the story of Joshua of Caleb in Joshua chapter 14. So if you turn there Joshua chapter 14 
And we see Caleb pop up in history again. And the people of Judah came to Joshua, Gilgal, and, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Kesanite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the son of God, in Kadesh Barnea concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word again, as was in my heart of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Caleb said, our God is a mighty God. I trust him. He said, this land is ours. I believe him. Let's go and take it. Let's not wait anymore. Can we uh, go in now? But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land in which your foot is trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. How old is he? Well, let's see, he was 40 when he went into the land. Forty years marching around in the wilderness and five years helping win battles up and down the country from 80 to 85. He says, Now behold, the Lord has kept me alive just as he said these 45 years since the time the Lord spoke this. And now, behold, this day I am 85 years old I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. So now, give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke to me on that day. For you have heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. May it be that the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out just as the Lord said. And Joshua said, blessed him and gave him Hebron to Caleb, to Jephunneh for an inheritance. (laughs) Joshua goes, oh, so you want that great fortified city up on the hill the one that everyone was fearful of because they had giants there. That's the one you want? And Caleb will go, that's right, that's the one I want. The very one that was mentioned way back when the bad report was given, they specifically named this place. And Caleb said, that's the place I want. God, you promised us the land. And I want the place that made everybody so fearful to go in. That's the one I want. And Joshua gave it to him. And he took the city. And he conquered the people. Now we talked about the um, 
city of Jericho and how it was representative being a fortified city and how God knocked down the walls of Jericho. It didn't say anything about doing that to the city in Hebron. But we have some idea what they were talking about when they talked about fortified cities. But what about the giants? Well, there's some indication that those who were not destroyed fled and they moved to Gath. One of the descendants later on coming from Gath, we know by name, Goliath. So you can imagine now Caleb going up not against the Goliath, but against a city of Goliaths. Caleb said, I want that one. I want that city. I was going to print out a picture, but that would have used all my ink cartridges. Showing the hill country. Um, where this city is, is south of Jerusalem, south of Bethlehem. It's about... 18 miles or so from the city of Jerusalem. Well, Jerusalem, of course, is a big city today, but wasn't then. So about the distance from here down into Hazeldown. And that's where this city was. And it was up on a hill. And Caleb said, I want that one. And Joshua said, go for it. And he did. How old was he? 85. We bring to our next point. Age is no barrier to faith. Age is no barrier to faith. We're an older congregation for the most part. Some of you are younger, but we go, this is a time when we slow down. This is a time when we let someone else do something. That wasn't Caleb's thought at all. Caleb's thought was, it's there to be taken. Let's take it. Lord's kept me alive this long. Let's go and take this place. The last reference I gave you in your notes in First Chronicles just shows that when God portioned the land, to the descendants of Aaron for them to serve. They took the time in First Chronicles to mark off this in verse 56 of chapter 6. But the fields of the city and its villages they gave to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Why Caleb? Well, he withstood the others who gave a bad report. He withstood the congregation that said, we ought to turn and run. We had to cut our losses and get out of Dodge. And he goes, no. We ought to go in. Let's get up early in the morning and take this country. When finally God honored him in his 
heart of faith and his life of obedience, he said, I want that mountain. And God, and God through Joshua said, it's yours, go take it. So my question is, what's hindering us from walking a powerful walk of faith? And you say, well, I'm just getting old. Caleb goes, no. He says, the Lord has promised victory to us. Let's live it. Let's go do it. Let's not be hindered by those things. Giants, bigger they are, the harder they fall. What about big cities? Well, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Let's go and take it. Why? As he said back in Numbers 14, the land which we possess to spy it out is an exceedingly good land, just as God has said. If the land, if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us to this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel. Do not fear the people of the land. They are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. How we see ourselves impacts how we live. Trusting the Lord conquers fear. Delighting ourselves in the Lord and he'll give us the desires of our heart. And age is no barrier to faith. So what's the Lord called you to do? Anything that you're fearful of? But you know the Lord wants you to do it. And you go, ah, I don't know how. No, there's giants. There's great cities. Or you're at Caleb and says, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Lord is with us. Who can be against us? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, you do not give us a spirit of fear. Love, power, sound mind. You promise to be with us. Whatever you called us to us to us to do, we can do in your power and your might. May we be modern day Caleb's. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.